The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Oh, good morning, uh, church. Uh, I, uh, my name is Matthew. I serve as the pastor here. I, uh, I got to say, I'm really uh, incredibly proud uh, to be among your number. Um, it's, I, I'm, just, I'm proud of the way that God is using you, actually. Um, just thinking about the ways that you are walking in one another's lives and pointing one another towards uh, Christ, like, like not here, but outside of here, the ways that you're walking together and saying, hey, by the way, remember, God loves you. Christ died for you. Uh, you know, Jesus is with you in you. The ways that you're doing that, the stories that I'm hearing of the ways that you're doing that makes me incredibly proud of, uh, to, to be a part of this, this amazing church. I, I'm grateful, but even beyond that, I'm grateful for the ways that God is using our church in the community. Um, last week, uh, we were uh, in the Rosedale neighborhood. We were serving with Miss Sandra Gilbert, our ANC chair, with the Rosedale community, with all of our neighbors. And uh, yesterday, many of you served an at another aspect of our neighborhood uh, by joining the Anacostia watershed and cleaning up parts of Kingman Island and the Kid City. Like the nine to twelve-year-olds are they're somewhere else. Like you know, ministering to each other as nine-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, like they're doing that. Kid City volunteers are with them. Um, and those of you that are leading, I mean, we just prayed over folks in DC 127 that are saying, hey, there's, there's kids that, um, that don't ha yet have a home right now. They can come and, and our home can be their home. And that, that would actually be a blessing to us. Like you guys have stood up and we as a church have, have come around you. Um, and those of you that are just serving in other ways that I haven't even mentioned yet. Like just to, just, I'm just proud to be among your number, just to see the ways that you're loving one another and that you're loving this community, this neighborhood. And I just want to say thank you, church. Thank you for being the church. So I just as your pastor, like, I just want you to know that, that I'm proud of you. I'm proud for you. Uh, and I, I know, you know, kind of any of these things that I say, when taken individually, they can feel like small things. But the thing is, small things, when given over to the hand of the Lord, become great things. And so even us at Christ City Church, the truth of it is we have a huge vision. We have a, a city-reaching, world-changing vision, but the way that we're going to accomplish that is small and faithful steps. Because I, I think that that's actually quite the way that you accomplish a big vision. It's just small steps, drip irrigation, little by little. And the next thing you know, you look up, and the kingdom has come in your presence. And so thank you for being uh, the church. I, uh, I am praying uh, for God's ongoing leadership, his guidance, and, uh, and his uh, faithfulnesses, and that we in our midst will produce a fruit that's, um, that's glorifying to God, and it's incredibly exciting to us. So just I thank you. That's all I want to say. Just thanks. Um, we, uh, we're in uh, the third week walking through the Psalms, um, and of all of the books in the Bible, the, the, the book of Psalms is, is a song book, really. Um, in the Psalms, we see songs of, uh, and poems of hope. We see uh, songs of sorrow. We see songs of anger and anticipation. We see happy songs. We see songs of despair. We see songs of regret even in the book of Psalms. 
Um, in our first week, we began singing uh, Jesus Loves Me. If you guys remember, I uh, debuted my solo career, uh, uh, singing career, Jesus Loves Me. And at, at that point, the point of it was to recognize that we sing our theology as much uh, as we preach it, and we sing our faith as much as we declare it. Uh, uh, that week we explored Psalm 146, a, a hymn of justice, and saw how the Psalms were the first freedom songs for us. Songs that cry out to God to aid the oppressed and to deliver his people from bondage. Last week, Justin walked us through a Psalm of Lament, a category of psalms that are filled with anguish and with sorrow and longing. Songs of poetry that emanate not necessarily from the heart, but from the gut. Um, this week, we're going to look at what is most certainly the most popular of all of the psalms, the 23rd Psalm. Um, uh, it's a psalm of trust is the category of it. This is a psalm that's sung when things aren't the way that they're supposed to be, but they're sung in anticipation of the way things will be. Um, they serve as a reminder that there is hope and that, and that there are things that we can hang our trust on in the middle of hard places. Um, one of the books that I've read uh, to my kids like all of my kids for all of their childhood is the three little pigs you guys know this, you guys know the three little pigs we i've read this book we have like multiple versions of the three little pigs we have the standard three little pigs we have the three little fish and the big bad shark which is a version of it there's a shark and he's trying to eat the goldfish you guys are like i didn't know yeah there's there's different we've read we have read and seen the play the big bad wolf on trial which is the story of the three little pigs and the big bad wolf from the perspective of the wolf where he says, I was just framed by the pigs. And his argument has merit to it. Like, we've, I know the three, some of you are like, no, he's, it's, I'm just saying, you gotta look. The, the thing is, I remember growing up and sort of seeing the three little pigs and the big bad wolf and seeing the Disney, uh, the Disney uh, cartoon of it and there's a song so I'm feeling emboldened from a couple of weeks ago do you guys know the three little yeah some of you don't I'm gonna guess what I get to teach you again so <coughs> if you <coughs> if you know it who's afraid of the big bad wolf the big bad wolf the big bad wolf who's afraid of the big bad wolf tra la 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 <laughs> completely sold me out on the tra la la's you guys know the song? The three little pigs are walking from one house to another and they're singing this song. But the thing is, who is afraid of the big bad wolf? Pigs. <laughs> pigs are deathly afraid of big bad wolves. Like, like it's the thing that will come and, and eat them. Like it's, it's the creature, it's the, the garmadon that's going to come and either eat children or sheriffs of small towns. And if you get the reference, don't tell me I'm on the last episode tonight. And if you don't know what I'm referencing right now, consider yourself blessed. <laughs> like, like the pigs are actually afraid of the wolves. But they're singing in anticipation of something that they hope to be true in the midst of it. They're trying to sing a faith. They're trying to sing a hope. And the thing is, I think that the 23rd Psalm is a psalm of trust, is a psalm that we sing sometimes with a shaky voice. A psalm that is expressing assurance in the Lord all the while in the presence of an enemy. Typically, trust psalms include a, a declaration of trust. The Lord is my shepherd. It also includes a basis for that trust. That the Lord, the Lord is a shepherd. There's also an interior lament, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. 
Other examples of trust psalms in the psalms would include Psalm 27. In verse 1, you can hear it. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Or Psalm 16, verses 5 and 6. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. And surely I have a delightful inheritance. What we'll see in the 23rd Psalm is that the author, in this case David, um, isn't asking God to do something like save me. And he's not actually asking God to be something, be my Savior. He's actually just stating positively, declaratively, matter-of-factly who God is and what he does. As biblical scholar and author Derek Kinder would state, in Psalm 23 there is a depth and strength that underlie the simplicity of this psalm. Its peace is not escape. Its contentment is not complacency. There is readiness to face deep darkness and imminent attack. And the climax reveals a love which finds its home in no material goal, but in the presence of the Lord. In this psalm, we'll see that hope, peace, and assurance are there right alongside a recognition that in the shadows lurks trouble. Um, I've asked a friend of mine uh, and of ours, of our church, to come and uh, preach this psalm uh, with me. Daniel Harris is a friend of mine. Many of you know him. He's uh, preached at our church before. He's a chaplain uh, for the city of Memphis in Tennessee. Daniel and I have known each other for nearly a decade, (coughs) uh, which shocked us both, I think, when we realized that. Uh, I can't believe uh, he's put up with me or that I've put up with him for that long, frankly. Um, (laughs) We collaborated on urban ministry efforts during when I lived there in downtown. Uh, Daniel's attending seminary here in the DMV area, so he's up here about every six weeks or so. Um, Recently, Daniel's been doing research on church history and the church's response uh, to people with disabilities throughout the generations. And even more recently, he's been working with churches and parachurch organizations to develop more thoroughgoing approaches to ministry uh, to people with disabilities, but also how to develop leadership pipelines uh, for churches and organizations for people with disabilities. Uh, Daniel's in a leadership cohort alum with CCDA. Uh, He's a deacon at Downtown Presbyterian Church. Uh, Daniel has cerebral palsy, by the way, so he speaks with an accent. Um, So you're going to have to listen. You're going to have to listen really well. But as you listen, I believe what you will hear is the Spirit of God uh, coming through this man. Uh, So welcome, uh, Daniel Harris. Thank you. Uh, I'm really glad to be back uh, for all of you uh, and I will up to hug everybody in the room. So, um, let's jump right in. Um, down. Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So the metaphor is that it's a shepherd. And the, the reason why I like the, the idea of the picture is when they 
Well, this all, he knew what that meant. He knew the acceptable in all a way a different king or someone far away, but a acceptable is somebody who is with you, who lives among you. They are intimate with one another. Um, it's not an impersonal thing. It's not a thing to get it far away, but they will, they keep with the check of everything. It is a guide, a place. A doctor and a protector. And, and so, the, in the shadow, we find the provision. So, it is something that a lot of work in it that big and I can't pronounce. So, but the 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 difference between a shepherd and sheep is they had no soul on the matter. They had to follow the shepherd wherever he wanted to go. But we had a soul. We had to surrender to the shadow to yield ourselves to the shadow in order that he may provide for us and take care of us. A lot what John Calvin said on the psalm, he said, but it should be a villain that God is a jet only to those who are tough with a sense of their own weakness and their own poverty and feel that they and feel a need for protection and who willingly abide in his sheepfold and surrender themselves to be governed by him. So, so we are submitting ourselves to the shepherd. That's why David said, he my shepherd. He was submitting himself to the authority. The provision of the Lord. The Lord provides for, for the sheep. God takes care of her. So what, what does it mean for us to have a shepherd? It means that the 
God knows over every need that we could possibly have. So therefore, there is no need for us to feel like we want anything because we walking with the shepherd and the shepherd already know what we need in the right time for us to have it. That's what amazing about it. And so what are the benefits of having the shepherd? And if we like nothing, we like no wisdom, we find safety, we find no amen. And most of all that resonates with me is you are never alone. And so, so the, to give a little story of how God is a provider for me. So some of y'all know and some of you don't. So it meant that I've been serving in downtown Memphis for almost 15 years. And, and at the beginning, it was a little rocky. Like, I didn't know how to raise a whole lot of money. I, I still don't. But, but um, <laughs> I, I, I knew that then. And so, but I knew God had me down here for a reason. And there are two coffee shops downtown, one on the south end and one on the north end. And I know the owner of them both. The owner uh, one is Dave and one is Fred. And they, they both love me. It been a great relationship, but Dave found out that I was having a hard time with money. The, the Dave got a couple of people in the car shop to donate to a account for me and he 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 would match that account so uh, for about three or four months I could go there every day and eat breakfast without the worry of paying anything and 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 we pray down, down at the end of end prayer. There was a point in time I had to move out of downtown. 
I had to move away, but he, he called me and said, Daniel, I got a condo. You can rent out my condo above the college. Even though he is not a Christian, he realized that I need to be down there, downtown. And so he got provided a way for me to move back into the neighborhood. Not even one block away, down the street. And I, I am not able to cook for myself. And so, at that same time, prayer that I opened the coffee shop look, if you buy them, bring me, we'll, we'll cook it down here at the coffee shop and we'll, we'll get you, we'll bring it up to your apartment. So again, God, God provide and God know exactly what I need. Because God, the chapel is that close to you. You don't even have to say what you need because the chapel knows you in every detail. I uh, started playing tackle football when I was nine years old because it's a rite of passage for males in Texas to start playing football as early as you possibly can. One year when I was on the uh, Pee Wee football team, uh, one of the guys on our team was Kevin Avery. Kevin and I grew up together. We didn't call him Kevin when he was on the team. We called him Choo Choo. Choo Choo was on our team. Kevin and I were friends. Kevin and I actually played together in elementary school, junior high, high school, all the way through. Uh, and the thing was, when, uh, when Choo Choo was on our team, he was just faster and bigger than anybody else in the neighborhood. And so because of Choo Choo, we won a lot. And we knew whoever we're facing, we're going to win this thing because we got Choo Choo. Thing is, Choo Choo didn't just play running back. He also played defensive lineman. And so we were like, when we're on offense, give the ball to Choo Choo. He'll either outrun everybody, or if not, he'll just run them over. And then when we score, Choo Choo will be on the line, and he'll just tackle everybody for us, and we will win. And the thing is, we, we would play other teams, and so we, you know, from different neighborhoods, so we just all sort of played one another for years together. And so we would play, like, team from, you know, Lake Highlands or White Rock or Pleasant Grove or whatever, and they would be like, oh, man, we got to play Choo Choo again. Like, they wouldn't even, they don't know what the name of our team is. They were like, oh, we just have to play Choo Choo. <laughs> and so, like, they were defeated before the start of the game because they knew we had uh, Choo Choo uh, with us. Having Choo Choo, like, it inspired us. Like, it emboldened us, like, to face the opposition. Whoever we were playing, it didn't matter because Choo Choo was with us. <laughs> Psalm 23 takes a very similar turn. I can't wait to send this podcast to Kevin. <laughs> you see, because the shepherd was with the sheep, 
Because the Lord is with them, because he was with his people, there was hope and there was confidence. God was with them in any situation and in any location. Look back at the passage. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There is a, a beauty and artistry in this section of the Psalms that we can miss in the English, but it's the author's, actually the author's attempt to communicate the comprehensive and exhaustive nature of God's presence with his children. Not only does the Lord provide, but he's also present with them. Not only does the good shepherd take care of his people, but he walks with them. The structure of this section of the psalm is something called a chiasm. It's found in different parts of the scripture. Um, it's where you can see a, a repetition of theme between similar lines. You can see the structure in verses 1 through 4. The Lord is my shepherd. He has me lie down, would be the second move. He leads me, he guides me, are the third moves. And then not only does he cause me to lie down, but he has me walk certain paths and then not only is he a good shepherd but he has the tools he has the equipment of a shepherd his rod and his staff comfort me he uh, he's not only with me when i lie down in green pastures though uh, there's a there's a sense of the thoroughgoingness of the location with which the shepherd travels with his with his sheep not only do i lie down in green pastures but he's with me when i'm walking on paths and valleys and just in case I've forgotten who it is that is with me, I'm able to see that the one who is with me when I rest and when I walk, he's also ahead of me. He's guiding me, but he's also alongside me, not just leading me, but guiding me. He's the one who has the tools of a shepherd, a rod and a staff. These are the things that are used to both lead the sheep and then to protect them. The Lord is with me in all places. Green pastures, in the places of refreshment, in the place of peace and calm, in the places that, frankly, I just I don't want to leave. I just want to stay there and linger there. He's with me on the right paths from one spot to another, from one way to another, making a difference in the world and making a life for myself and those around me. Well, the shepherd's there, too, when I'm on the right paths. He's with me in the dark valleys. He's there uh, before, during, and as my world is falling apart and as my dreams are disappearing. He's there too. He's with me uh, in verse 5. It goes on uh, in uh, verse 5. The psalmist paints a picture of dining in the presence of enemies. The Lord is there too when I have to face the giants in my life. Those that are either inside of me or outside of me. When I'm face to face with the opposition, when I can look sober minded at the whites of the eyes of those seeking my ending and know that God is with me in the midst of it all. The hard reality of Psalm 23 is that the progression is a downward spiral. We start in green pastures, which I like that. Wish the psalm would have stopped there. But then we end up with a table in the presence of our enemies. Yet the consistency isn't the location or the setting or the geography. The consistent thing throughout it all is me and the shepherd, that we're together in the midst of it all, through it all. So uh, um, I just moved 
and they they dipped me back in my apartment and I, that was my first night but I admit that I knew God always is there with me. God is there with me now. I didn't feel the, the people named God in me. I didn't feel the two women who I never met the kids who taken me anywhere and taken all of my money every day. It wouldn't take anything at all, but God was there in the midst of it, being my brother. Uh, well, Daniel didn't tell you, I learned that story. We were having coffee uh, at Fred's <laughs> coffee shop, and uh, I noticed that Daniel was skint up. I said, what happened? Told me some guys knocked him down at the music festival. Made, made fun of him. My anger raged. And I'm like, man, what are we gonna do, man? Like, what? Is that cameras? Like, what we gotta do? And he said, Matthew, this is exactly why I moved down here. Because there's people down here that don't know the love of the Good Shepherd. And he loved people when I didn't. And showed me what it meant to follow a shepherd, even in the presence of hard places. The psalm goes on, uh, verse 5 and 6, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This uh, psalm is a psalm that's ascribed to David. And the thing is, in many of David's other psalms that he writes, he's crying out to God in desperation. Um, he's asking God to frustrate his enemies, particularly those that are chasing him. Early in David's life, he is being chased all the time by somebody. Um, b before he becomes king, right after he becomes king. In those early days, there's always some marauding army or band of those that want to kill him. And so oftentimes, David's psalms are about, these guys are pursuing me, God, don't let them catch me. Send them down another path, stop them, whatever. But in this passage, in this psalm, though, it isn't his enemies that are in pursuit of him. It's actually God's love, his goodness, and his mercy. And the downward spiral from the green pastures to the presence of enemies, what the 23rd Psalm wants us to know is that the Lord is present and uh, is the Lord is present with you, and God's love is in hot pursuit. These two points of truth, God's presence and the pursuit of God's love and goodness, are our source of perseverance in the midst of it all. So it's not just God's provision, it's not just his presence, but it's also his perseverance. The psalm ends with these images of God's abundance as a source of our perseverance and also as an indicator of God's persevering presence with us. In verse 5, the image of anointing oil and overflowing cups are signs of God's abundance. I know it may sound weird to us. There's a couple of different types of oil that are often used in anointing in the ancient Near East. The common is olive oil that's used for cooking or for medicinal purposes for your skin. 
The other is the oil that's produced from animal fat. I know it might sound gross, but it was actually a sign of blessing and a show of beauty. Pairing anointing oil with an overflowing cup and what is being communicated is God's amazing abundance. Even in the midst of hard places, God is a God of abundance in the green pastures and in the valleys of death's shadow. God is with us. God is providing for us. God is present with us and he is persevering for us and with us. And how long does his perseverance, how long does his goodness and love pursue us? How long is he providing for us? The psalm says all my life. And the journey doesn't simply end in the presence of my enemies, but the road continues, according to Psalm 23. It continues all the way to the house of God, which is the ultimate presence of God. God is with us not just at the beginning, and he's certainly with us at the end, but all the way through. Flash forward in John 10. Jesus gives crystal clarity to this psalm. In John 10, 11, he says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 14 of chapter 10. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me. And I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. The shepherd Lord of Psalm 23 is the newborn king of Luke 2 is the crucified Christ of Matthew 27 and is the resurrected savior of John 20. The goodness and love of God that pursued us catches us in Christ. And as we read in Revelation, as Revelation reminds us, the shepherd that saves us, takes us, and resides with us is also our guide and our life. Christ, our shepherd, provides for us. He is present with us and perseveres in us and with us. And because of that, we can walk through valleys We can get knocked down at music festivals. We can face our enemies. We can face our worst selves. Because Christ, the good shepherd, is with us. We pray for us. (laughs) God. As we sing, you are a God of mercy. You are, a, you are a shepherd. You're the one that shows us love, that pursues us with love, that pursues us with goodness. From the, from the pastures to the valleys, to the presence of our enemies, till we find our ultimate home in you. You're with us. God, I, I pray that that word would land on us this morning but that it wouldn't just land on top of us, but that it would make its way into us, God, that we would know more than we know, that we just know that you're you're with us and that you will provide for us. Some of us are in rough patches, Lord. We tend to know that, that you are pursuing us, that your love and your goodness is hot on our trail. We need to know that you're with us in the middle of it all. Others of us, though, that, that we're in seasons of plenty, we are in good seasons where the pastures are green. The water is clear and it is refreshing to us, God. Lord, I pray in that place that we don't take you for granted, that we don't think that we created that pasture on our own or that we provide by the means of our own hands, Lord, but that we would know that you, the good shepherd, led us to that place. 
And God, some of us are on paths. We're on, we're on the way from here to there. Lord, we, we know where you're taking us. We know where you want us to go. Or even if we don't know the ultimate destination, we know what the next step is. And God, I pray that that clarity of mind and that clarity of decision, that we don't take that on our own, that we know that you're with us, that you provide. So Lord, wherever we are in this journey, wherever we are in the midst of this 23rd Psalm, God, I pray that we recognize that you are with us, that you administer to us. And Lord, if we've strayed away from you, that we would return to you. We would return to the shepherd that loves us, knows us, and cares for us. In Christ's name, amen.